Hey everybody, it's me, Dave Schrader from the Paranormal 60, Ghosts of Devil's Perch, and the Holzer Files. And for some reason, you're tuned in to the Paranomaly Zone. A ghostly apparition in the dark at night. So, Mike, have you ever been reincarnated? Yes. No. I I don't know. <laughs> I have never been regressed or the, uh, well, I kind of have. Uh, in a, I, I did it myself once with a tape. Okay. With and a, I, <laughs> please elaborate. <laughs> what, what do you mean with a tape? Um, explain. Yeah, well, this was back in the oh, mid-80s. I had, I had a cassette tape that was, I think I got it from the library on base when I was in the military. And uh, it was how to regress, you know, self-hypnosis and regress into a previous life. So I tried that, and it was great. It was interesting. I got all relaxed laying on the bed, you know, just meditating and listening to this tape. And I did get visions of me sitting in a chair, like on a wooden old antique chair in a cabin. And it was dark, and I could, like, see this in my mind. But see, that's the thing. I, you know, I didn't know if it was in my mind or, you know, kind of a, you know, I didn't really take it as a uh, reincarnation. It was uh, interesting and it was very, seemed very real that those, that thought and pictures coming to me. But so that's as far as I know that I've been reincarnated. That's pretty, that's pretty darn cool though. That's, yeah. that sounds like a, like a, a neat little experiment. Uh, yeah. Yeah, even if it wasn't our actual reincarnation, it was still a, it was still pretty interesting. Well, in case anyone tuning in hasn't figured it figured it out already, um, yeah, we're going to be talking about uh, bizarre cases of reincarnation for today's topic. It is good to see you, Mike. We are back uh, to all of our longtime listeners and new listeners. We are the Paranomaly Zone, your weekly dose of all things. Hey, you guessed it, paranormal, strange. And mysterious. My name is Patrick Koffenberg. Em emphasize the is for some reason. I'm joined, as you heard already, by my co-host with the ghosts, the paranormal poster boy himself, the man who needs only one arm, Mr. Mike Carbno. <laughs> uh, it's good to see yeah. you. Now, <laughs> did you have use of both arms in that cabin? Oh, well... I don't know. I was just sitting there. <laughs> right. So was it kind of like you just saw, you were like, um, it was a vision you had. So you weren't right. seeing mm -hmm. yourself. You were seeing what your surroundings. Exactly. Yeah. At, uh, yeah, it was, it was interesting. That is really interesting though. Yeah. You know, and we're going to dive into all sorts of different, um, possible explanations for these bizarre, strange cases of reincarnation because, 
man, they have been documented for thousands of years, my oh, friend. Absolutely. You know, um, from very sincere people who truly believe that they have been reborn in a in another yeah in another body um, from perhaps one human to another human, or even mm. from an animal to human, or vice versa. You know, it's that's right. It, it's a fascinating it, concept. I love it, the concept. It is. It's something I've have, I've had interest in for quite some time. Another one of those things that you know carried over from my childhood that my dad was he believed in reincarnation very strongly. And then uh, uh, one of the most fascinating and story uh, stories that I read, and I was very young at the time, but I was reading a story about a reincarnation story, and um, it was J. Edgar Hoover. Have you ever heard of that? That the story of that I am was not familiar. About his, I am not familiar. No. Possibility that he was reincarnated. He, he used to be a woman, and he'd wear dresses. Wait a minute! <laughs> Wait a minute! I should have seen that coming. Oh, Lord. Uh, in public, sometimes I'm sure, but uh, dark alleys, maybe I don't know. You know, maybe my mind isn't firing on all cylinders right now. I should have seen that one coming. That was a good poker face if I ever hey, saw one. Geez, anytime I can pull one over on you. <laughs> <laughs> because you you are getting to know me a little bit too much about that and catching well, it. Yeah, so. usually I can tell like instantly, <laughs> but I, I don't know why this one took me a while. I was like, yeah, okay, I'm I'm listening. I'm seeing this. Oh, then he pulls. Yeah, the I, I also heard he didn't make a very attractive woman. <laughs> so. That I believe. That I believe one hundred percent. But hey, if he did, yeah. more power to hey, him, right? I'm sure Elliot Ness got a big kick out of it. But anyway, but, you know, in all sincerity, though, as we said before, I love the concept. I love the idea. Uh, Buddhist in uh, nature, right? Um, it oh, is, extremely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and Hindu. It's very, very strong in those cultures, those beliefs. I Extend think that, with the karma and what are you yeah, going to come back as and absolutely, things like that. Yeah. Absolutely. And I love all of those ideas. Um, mm -hmm. I still catch myself thinking about, you know, hey, if you do this, it's going to come back and bite you. You know, if you do something that isn't exactly good, <laughs> you know, right. or um, then I'm like, well, that's going to come back and get you. Karma is going to get you. You know, I still find myself thinking that. So I don't know if it's just been embedded in me or if I've just been so enraptured with the concept yeah. for so you many years. You may come back as a cockroach. I, did you say cockroach? I did. <laughs> you gave a little a extra, gave a little extra syllable there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's um, there. Like I said, we're going to go in any number of directions here. This is quite literally an off-the-cuff uh, conversation, which we have uh, grown accustomed to. I'd like to think that yeah. we're fairly, fairly good at it. Maybe. <laughs> well, in our own minds, we're probably good at a lot of yeah, things. There you go. There you go. <laughs> um, so this will be fun. I'm looking forward to it, Mike. Uh, before I forget, if you are subscribed to the uh, Paranomaly Zone podcast and you're going like, hey. What the hell happened to a new episode last week? No, we did release a new episode, but it was YouTube video exclusive uh, where we shared our own personal EVP captures. So if you want to go listen to some of those, <laughs> talk about weird, bizarre, uh, unexplainable audio anomalies that Mike and I have personally caught over the years, go check out our YouTube channel and listen to and watch the latest episode. Our own EVP captures is pretty darn uh cool if we may say so ourselves and you get to stare at our faces for about an hour yeah more youtubes to come as well because i think we got some pretty good responses about it and um well and it's, you know, it's i i, I enjoy, it. enjoy it i, I yeah, absolutely yeah enjoy absolutely it. 
The only thing, and I'm this is a little you know behind the scenes here. Um, the only thing that drives me absolutely nuts mm-hmm. is the length, the amount of time that YouTube takes to upload videos at times. Um, my God, this last experience was I was about ready to throw my computer through the window and then go, hell crap, there went the episode. But <laughs> yeah, um, I restrained myself and I'm not going to complain or bitch and moan about anything because I don't want, hey, karma to come and get me and That's right. shoot down this episode in mid-recording because uh, that is quite possible. But uh, go yeah. check out that that episode. It was pretty cool. I enjoyed the updates along that, uh, the updates from you, the texts from you from, uh, well, (laughs) that uh, was happening. (laughs) I'm 13 hours into it and the computer crashed. (laughs) Oh, that was so (laughs) sickening. Oh, man. Yeah. I almost felt nauseous after that. Yep. I I tell you, I was just going to say, when I read that, my stomach kind of flipped a little bit, (laughs) but, uh, but thankfully... Patrick uh, worked his wand and I worked my wand, (laughs) waved it over it and made it good. (laughs) Okay. I need to get my head out of the gutter because that visual is something I didn't need to see working my wand over my laptop. That's just great. Yeah. And all I was thinking about was like Harry Potter stick. Nope. I went the uh, complete opposite (laughs) direction on that one. So I was definitely not working any wands to get that, (laughs) that YouTube episode up. Yes, but I think it's worth it. It was worth yeah. the wait. It was worth the frustration because, again, we shared a lot of our, not all of them, a lot of our um, EVPs. That man, we're still scratching our head, and you know the uh, the holy grail, our personal holy grail of EVP captures, is on that YouTube video. So please go check it out. Help the YouTube channel grow. Give it a like. Help spread the word. Because hey, guess what? That helps spread the word. <laughs> it does. Boy, I'm really good at, at uh, promos <laughs> and commercials, aren't I? So, Anyways, <clears throat> you know, if you download the episode, that helps increase the downloads, just so you knew. You could do commercials for, like, Listerine or something like that, I'm sure. Listerine. Like a voiceover. Yeah, something. No, you've, <laughs> you know? got the, you've got the voiceover yeah. voice. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I've got, like, the leprechaun voice going, so I don't know what's happening there. Maybe I'll, I'll capture the leprechaun audience and they'll say, hey, it's one of us, and they'll come flocking towards... <laughs> The YouTube. Oh, my name is Wee Patrick. <laughs> I am the king of the leprechauns. I self-proclaimed, of course, but... <laughs> that was good. That was really good. I bet you our listeners couldn't tell the difference. <laughs> yeah. That was... Oh, I put on my, my, wee, my wee top hat, all green. <laughs> uh, put on my green boxers, and I'm ready to go. What would you do if I was actually wearing green boxers? Oh, I don't want it to. No. <laughs> hey, you're the one who brought up my wand earlier, so it's okay if I talk about green boxers. But no, I do not wear boxers in case everyone's no. listening. Boxer briefs, everybody. Boxer briefs. That's the yeah, way to green go. tidy whiteies. Definitely greenies. not tidy whiteies. <laughs> tidy greenies. <laughs> I was going to say, that was kind of <laughs> green tidy whiteies. Yeah, yeah, so reincarnation is such reincarnation, an awesome uh, subject. does involve uh, tidy whities I'm sure, in some form <laughs> or another. Uh, man, where do we start with this? It's something that's something that is quite profound in its own way. I mean, think about it. If such a thing as reincarnation exists, if it were real, if it were legit, Life after death, my friend, a second mm-hmm. chance, uh, perhaps yeah, a third chance, perhaps innumerable chances until you get it right. But Mike and I are under the uh, the belief that you really cannot achieve perfection in 
any manner, even spiritually. I don't really think. I think you're always striving for that perfection. Uh, maybe get really, really close, but not quite. Well, I think the part of the uh, meaning of existence is to continually work towards that goal and learn. Yeah. And, it, and it's going to take eons, which means nothing to the spirit, to the soul, to the mm -hmm. reincarnating self. You know, before I forget, Mike, um, I have I kind of changed the podcast description. I wanted to see if you thought it was yeah. fair. I changed it on 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 Twitter, and I changed it on our uh, new Threads account because Threads yeah, is now taking the world by we're storm. Kicking so, that one off, and yeah, absolutely. Um, I just posted the link to our Ghosts of the Sea episode on our Threads uh, Threads page, so we'll see how that goes. It'll be interesting to watch the growth of Threads. That's for sure. Yeah, and I'm growing my Instagram. I've started putting some things on there. I've noticed, and, I'm... and it's linked with the uh, the Threads and and uh, if anybody wants to see Patrick as a, a loosely disguised uh, a reptilian. Very loosely disguised. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I thought that turned out pretty cool, actually. They'll never catch me. Oh, damn, those green <laughs> eyes. So, yeah. <laughs> and as awesome pod, uh, friend of the podcast, Pandora said, so it was you on that plane. <laughs> Yeah, and the first thing I, I pictured was William Shatner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's right. There's something on the wing. Some <laughs> thing. Thing. All right, anyways, reincarnation. I don't know what. <laughs> We're in top form today, buddy. I tell you that right now. It's Sunday, and it's, it's kind of warm in here right now, but that's okay. I like warmth. Um, Where was I going with this? Oh, yeah, the description. As long as it's not a moist warmth, then you're, you know, then it's okay. God damn it. Moist. You don't want that humidity. Okay, so now I, I've had visions of wands, naughty wands, moist, green, tidy whities Okay, enough. <laughs> Tiny leprechauns. <laughs> Tiny Lord, leprechaun wand. He's always after me lucky charms. Ah, talk about shillelaghs, yeah. Um, oh, hey. Now, Mike. The description, yes. <laughs> going back about <laughs> three sixty. I'm proud of my shillelagh, by the way. Um, the description, anyway. I changed it to, I, well, I basically kept it the same. I was like, paranormal discussion, essentially. Mm -hmm. Essentially, that's what it was. But then said, one fervent believer, one open-minded skeptic. Does, does that sound hmm. fair to you? you yeah. I, are you okay with Absolutely. that? Absolutely. Absolutely, okay. yeah. All right, perfect. I didn't, I didn't know if you'd be offended by the, the, <laughs> the fervent term because yeah. you don't well, you don't necessarily buy everything just you know willy-nilly well no and fervent I, could, I was gonna go with a joke on that and it really fell before it thank you for not going came out so i i stopped but so you're saying but that, yeah that's a very fair yeah okay but you're saying that the description that the that the term fervent itself is fervent joke, yes. jer joke worthy apparently fantastic word i love okay, it okay well i'll keep it then I'll keep it. So, all right. Well, Mike, you are taking on the role. Well, it's not a role because that's who you are as a fervent believer. And I am the uh, usual open-minded skeptic, but I am definitely. Which makes a healthy balance. Oh, hell yeah. Because I definitely yeah. lean towards the believer. I absolutely do. You know, but as we've talked about far too often, I just find it too hard. I find it too difficult to just, just like, yes, that's real, you know, and yeah. I just. Well, and I need to do that more sometimes myself, but. Yeah, so talk about balance right there. It's the perfect yeah. balance, isn't it? Exactly, yeah. Now, yeah. reincarnation, Mike. <laughs> I, I promise, I promise we're going to talk about it now. To you, does it seem as some sort of like, and please, Mike, start throwing questions towards me as well, you know, because I feel like I ask you far too many questions. Um, To you, is it like, um, a lesson of sort, a life lesson, an opportunity to learn from a life lesson. If you get another chance, like perhaps you 
unfortunately, died too young. You died tragically. Then you didn't have a chance to fully develop, to fully learn, and so you were given another opportunity. Is it something maybe more so of being a choice? Do you have a choice of either moving on to the next dimension, so to speak, of spirituality, but you choose to have another chance on this earth? I mean, as I said, we can go any number of ways with this, but what, what is your kind of gut feeling when it comes to reincarnation? Well, from some things that I've read and uh, um, have done some research on. Mike's reincarnating a belt right now. <laughs> something. But anyway, uh, um, the, the in the beginning of, of, of your soul or wherever the, the beginning is or whenever, um, there are theories that uh, that you choose where you go, what you want to learn, kind of, kind of like a package. Just, you want this package or this package kind of thing, putting it in kind of a loose, uh, you know, uh, simple ex- explanation. Um, you know, this one, you're going to learn this in a certain amount of time. You're going to be there for this amount of time because that's what it's going to take. Say you, you're taking away young, you know, as physically hard as that is on everybody here um, for the soul, that could be what, was needed at that time the soul goes back chooses again what is going to be next or it maybe decides that uh you didn't learn enough during that last lifetime you want to go redo something or you know to me that's that's a possibility um or do we just live our life and by chance we take uh what happens when we when we die when our soul goes on to another reincarnation is it like you know, do we end up somewhere or do we choose or, you know, it's like it to me, thank you for mentioning that because to me, it's like, have we done this an infinite amount of times mm-hmm. al- already, you know, and it's just whether or not your current mind can recollect it or not, you know, it's, have we been reborn just an, like I said, an infinite amount of times. It's, I like that idea, but it's also kind of, creepy um yeah but i mean creepy in a cool way right it's like have we uh, see my mind is already hurting trying to think of this (laughs) when you when you brought up like you know do we choose a a story that i'll probably get to later because we are going to share some uh bizarre weird tales of reincarnation alleged tales of reincarnation it was a young boy who was i mean like two years old who was already telling his mom that he chose her as his mother. He's like, I have, essentially he was saying he had memories of an existence between physical existence, existences, and he remembers vi- uh, seeing relatives in this, this state of consciousness, and he remembers seeing his mother and saying, that's who I choose to be, my mother. I mean, it's, do you believe that 100%? I, I don't know, but it's so cool to think about. I love the thought, you know, it's, yeah. Well, it's like, okay, with me, um, uh, like a personal experience, and I think I've told this story maybe on another name that we had or whatever. You know? <laughs> but, uh, tarp? Tarp, perhaps? Yep, yep, something. Nonsensicast um, radio, perhaps? Yeah, I wouldn't have told it back then. That was just all drunken stupor. <laughs> hey, but we had some good times, <laughs> man. That was good uh, stuff. That was fantastic, and some good discussions. Hell yeah. But anyway... Um, before I was born, or actually, 
um, when I was, when my mother was pregnant with me, my father had a dream that he saw me before I was born with red hair, you know, and this was, this was what was in his dream. I had red hair, newborn baby, and that's what I, what he, when I was born, that's what was he saw in his dream. It's like either I came to him, you know, in, in a dream in before dream, I was yeah. born or, you know, some kind of a connection there of me, my spirit, my soul, whatever, before I was born. That's cool. You know, that's really cool. And as you've talked about several times, your dad had a very uh, strong connection to, you know, for lack of a better term, the paranormal. He absolutely, oh, absolutely. believes in it. And yeah. Several, you know, he kind of passed it on to, to you, to, to, and, to his kids. Yeah. Going back generations, actually, you know, his mother, you know, my great grandmother on, yeah. Which is another it's, conversation altogether because it's like, are some bloodlines more apt, more prone to experience the paranormal than others, you know? I mean, that's uh, talk about a head scratcher. I just think, I think it's all possible if you, if you allow it, I mean, and you just have, have that mindset. For fellow Star Wars fans, perhaps the Carbono bloodline is loaded with midi-chlorians. Hmm. Mm. Our Star Wars listeners know exactly what I'm talking about. Mike is staring at Is there a shot for that? (laughs) (laughs) No, I, was just, I well, just commented how you were kind of staring blankly at me when I said that. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. Um, no, it's a concept that was brought forth by George Lucas in the prequels and the in the the Phantom Menace. It's the idea of those who are blessed with the ability to use the Force more so than others. They have higher counts of midichlorians in their blood, uh-huh. and so midichlorians are like microscopic life forms, and uh-huh. they help them become more in touch with the Force. Parasites. Wow, I like midichlorians better than parasites. Well, or we could put it at more like a symbiotic relationship. There you go. That's exactly okay. what you're what you're looking so, at. So you got yeah, it. That I, I like that idea. Yeah, absolutely. So like like Anakin Skywalker slash Darth Vader, he had the highest midichlorian count ever, even more so than the little green guy Yoda. So okay, well there something. you go. So are the Carbnos loaded with ghostly midichlorians? Is what I'm wondering. That's. <laughs> I don't know. Well, I like that idea. I think it's definitely yeah. possible. Maybe. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. It. <laughs> how do you say that about yourself? I don't know. I know. Because I, I, I like put you on the spot. That's what I do. Yeah. That's what I'm good at. Okay. So, so Patrick, uh, maybe in your bloodline, oh there's something wrong with your kidneys and you have a, a more of a urine count <laughs> in your bloodline. You know, it can go a lot of different ways, you know, physically, medically. You know, <laughs> I thought you were going to say hypothetically. Like I, had, I thought you were going to say I had like a, a tapeworm somewhere in me. That's oh, geez. <laughs> that's sucking away all of my my uh, paranormal life force. It's not allowing yeah, look, me to believe. Look up a close up of the face of a tapeworm once. I, I no. haven't looked it up, but I no. have seen. It no, and, and, I re- I refuse. Uh, yeah, you can find anything online. And I'm but sorry. Anyway, you know, we are going to be we are going to be focusing on <clears throat> reincarnation. We are. We've already. Started. I do have a. Yes, I was going to mention this about reincarnation. Now, I think when we're alive in this lifetime, um, I think that we can have hints of, uh, if we think of it this way, of previous lives of that affect us in our lives now. 
like uh, uh, say you or I, you you know, we love music that's from you know the '30s or '20s or something that grabs us about it, or uh, or something you know anything like that, or even on you know, the like, other end of the spectrum. Um, I'm sorry, I'm sorry for jumping no, no, in no, here. Good. Even that's on good. the other end of the spectrum, like say you have a a, a deathly fear of water. And exactly. Maybe perhaps yeah. you tragically drown, you know, in a prior well, existence. A movie, movie made about that. Uh, really? Um, really? Oh, I'm trying to think. Oh, I, was it Audrey Rose? Something. I have no clue. Story, something like that. Uh, Listeners, help us out here. I don't know what. Yeah, it's uh, Pandora. I'm sure you, uh, you know what we're talking about. I'm sure you've. She knows all that stuff, right? You know, I'm I'm drawing I'm drawing a blank, but I mean that was just an example that popped in, into my brain. But uh, yeah, and this just popped into my head. The thought of it, I hadn't thought about it since probably I now, first heard about it years ago. But what do you think about the idea of <clears throat> this? Is something I was introduced to, gosh, twenty five years ago, and I, I find it interesting. The idea of let's say those who seem to be on a higher level of intelligence nowadays, you know. I'm like those really special people, like Einstein, for yeah, example. Right. Perhaps there's a potential that Einstein has reached this level of intelligence and slash development because he's been here numerous times before. Mm-hmm. I mean, what do you do? You kind of buy into that idea, like the um, the more evolved someone appears to be, is because they quite literally have had more opportunities. Have, you know, an older soul. You know. Right. There you you know, how they, how that's, you know, um, you can see that in somebody like that. That's, you know, are they special because they're an alien hybrid or they have, they had so many reincarnations that they've learned so much and carried over into each lifetime to become what they are, you know, yeah, physically in our lifetime. Hmm. Again, before I forget, I watched, I uh, finally watched, this is uh, off the topic and I apologize, but I don't want to forget this. I watched the last episode, latest episode of the new season of Ghost Adventures, and I've been I've been impressed with this new season of Ghost Adventures. It's been very yes. entertaining, like they always are. They're always entertaining, yeah. And they've captured some really interesting, intriguing. I'm doing air quotes evidence here. Mm-hmm. That's their, their latest one. I will say that half of the episode, Zach spent um, holding Zest. a no, no, holding a machete because he was in fear of being attacked by a mountain lion. So. <laughs> So, I mean, you knew he showed that you saw the machete at one point, and then it, you knew you knew it was on him because he and it was actually the night before he was at a bar. There was a cougar there. He didn't want anything to do with her, and he turned it into this whole story about. There you go. He's You'd afraid he's going to be attacked by a mountain lion. Air quotes with one arm. You know, <laughs> that's right. Mike can only hold up one. <laughs> oh, man, you should see me. You should see me try to clap. Oh no! Please don't. I, I do that just to make Mary laugh, uh, and then I get depressed again, and I, I have to quit. Oh well, please don't. But, but anyway, <laughs> but yeah, you know what I'm saying. Oh yeah, know. and it's 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 dramatic. And I want to ask this too, <laughs> and we'll we'll move on. Has her name Zach, was Martha, by the way? <laughs> Zach Baggins and the Ghost Adventures crew have they ever encountered a happy ghost, a playful ghost, or a ghost that really is just you know intrigued and interacting, and not these damn demons that scratch them and attack them and possess no. them. No, because the writers won't put it in the script. Whoa, what are you suggesting? <laughs> Whoa, you heard it here, folks, first. 
No, I'm not saying that it's all like that. And I know there's a lot of Zach out fans of and lovers. The, out of the and, mouth uh, of the paranormal poster boy himself. <laughs> no. Mike hey, says Ghost Adventures is scripted. Well, not 100%, but, you know. <laughs> Man, we just probably lost about half of our <laughs> listeners. <laughs> it's just that, you know, when just off camera, when when uh, um, Aaron opens up that uh that jar of fire or fireflies and shakes it, you know, you know, that kind of really takes away some of their credibility. Well, I gotcha. I understand. So, I, you, know, I, you know, the fireflies, they fly out in front of the camp. Ooh, look. I know exactly. I got gotcha. It's the demon. It's the ghost of Charles Manson. It's just every episode. Of me, I got I, ghosts running all through me. The last, demons. I mean, the last night was no exception or this latest one was no exception. I watched it last night finally, but yeah, it, it's, at one point, Zach was at the top of these steps. And I get it because they did capture some interesting, really intriguing audio. For the most part, the rest of the episode was, you know, like I said, entertaining and edited really well and stuff. So I get it. They have to really focus on a lot of the oh, yeah. the drama and all that. If Whether it's sincere or not, um, we're not suggesting it isn't. We're not saying right, it's scripted. Exactly. It's a total joke. A total joke when we said that. Yep. But it's just funny because all every damn episode, all of a sudden, this last one, he's at the top of the steps. And he's like... For some reason, I cannot move further. You know, and then yeah. just kind of, and I am frozen. I, and at this very same time, you know, out of nowhere, you know, Jay gets attacked, and he fall, and you show him, you show the camera view from, from uh, uh, Jay was it Billy? I can't remember who it was, and he he falls over the moment Zach can't move move any further, and then of course he has this this red splotch on his back, which or on his neck. Which you you can't get by giving to yourself, by the way. You can never mm. give yourself a red splotch on the back of your neck, ever. Absolutely. <laughs> Anyways, I, I enjoy it. It's been a good season. <laughs> yeah. Reincarnation, well, Mike. I'm yeah. sorry. I but, well, you know, then the, if they would, you know, those red scratches like that, if they would just quit wearing those burlap scarves and they'd be fine. But <sighs> reincarnation, though, is... Oh, it's, it's fascinating. Like you said, we can go off in so many different directions. Oh, and, and we, al it. we already have. We already have. Yeah. So and, may maybe uh, Zach Bagans. side alleys along the way. Maybe Zach Bagans had a legit encounter with a demonic entity in a past existence, and therefore he is absolutely obsessed with trying to That's Hey, that's a good point. Maybe that's true. Maybe there's something to that. I don't know. Yeah. I, you know, like like you said, I am not making fun of him. And like no. I say, I jest yes. a lot, you know. Um, I, I actually recently I've dubbed myself the court jester village idiot. Oh man! Wow. The way my for the way things have been going, but anyway, ah, the court so jester I, village idiot—that's <laughs> awful. But anyway, you know what I'm saying. Of course I do. Yeah. Now but, some uh, some of these cases though of reincarnation they really do make you scratch your head because particularly ones that are shared by little kids like I mentioned earlier. You know these kids who mm -hmm. you wouldn't think they would have. I mean yes they have imaginations of course they do. You know um. That's all that they really, that's how they learn. That's how they develop. You know, they're developing Absolutely. their mind. And But some of these, you read these tales, you read what they, what their quotes are. And it's like, wow, how in the hell would you even think of that? Uh, there was one and, and, case in particular. I, I, I wasn't able to find this one, the details, but I do remember a young boy who was four who had an obsession with one of my passions the Titanic, and he would just pull out details that's like, okay, you're four? How in God's name do you know some of this stuff about this ship and this shipwreck? 
And the I mean, parents- kids are impressionable, but I mean, they're, when you get to a certain kind of detail, you know, it goes way beyond just yes. them hearing something from somewhere. And almost to the point of, like I said, like an obsession with this legendary shipwreck, you know, which as a young kid is interesting in itself, uh, perhaps odd. But the more and more the parents would talk to their child and kind of encourage them to open up, more and more details would come out. And eventually he said, I was on that wreck. I died on the Titanic. I sank. Well, I didn't sink, but I perished during the sinking. What four-year-old would think of stuff like that, really? I mean, I get it. Listeners are probably saying tons of four-year-olds are throwing ideas like out, like that out the, out the window. You know, they're, they're, they want to impress their parents. They want to impress their friends. And so they're going to watch the Titanic movie, and then they're going to make up stuff. But some well, things you can't, be- just, you, can't just, you can't just toss those aside so easily like that. You have to really look into it and say, maybe there is something to this. Right. And it'd be interesting to... to- find out if there is any way well which there probably isn't but if his parents this little boy's parents are like huge titanic fans right like, like, that's a good point like you are and mm-hmm. and they talk about it or whatever you know but you know that's something we don't know absolutely um, no that's a good point it's a good point they could they, yeah. could they could be subtly influencing their child i get it exactly that's what i was just wondering but now okay now say if this is a reincarnated soul from the tight the sinking of the Titanic died on that that tragic tragic morning is that a soul that is not trapped so not all souls are trapped on that ship mm. like it's their their you know that's a great question ship, uh, and did it escape or is that just a matter of the spirits really aren't trapped there they can reincarnate they mm-hmm. can come back and they maybe have all hopefully gone on. That's a great point. That's a great question. Um, That kind of lends a little bit of, again, air quotes, credence to what we've discussed before. Like if there is anything that is attached to like shipwrecks, like the Titanic, for example, it's probably more of a residual type of energy. Right, yeah. Definitely not an intelligent, interactive. um, Could you imagine... No, and I'm sure you have many times. <laughs> Can you imagine how many residual events or how much activity? Mm-hmm. If you know, if there's any way you could just spend like two days on that ship, oh gosh, going back and forth, back and forth, uh-huh. and it, and just experiencing all of that residual energy. Well, the ocean itself, think, Mike, I don't is, think you could handle it. Oh, the ocean itself is just a conduit of potential spiritual attachments and, and you know, and energy. Right. And we had a great discussion, discussion yes, about that. And yeah. Now I, I do have hmm. some examples here. 10 compelling cases of children who claimed reincarnation. And uh, let's make it clear that it's not all from children. I mean, a lot of adults right. have revelations throughout their lifetime in, you know, far into their adulthood when they go, Whoa, why, why are these memories coming back? Some of the arguments are they are they they are actually false memories. They are created by the individual himself and maybe perhaps replayed so much in their minds that they become legit memories. They truly believe them as legit memories without really consciously realizing that they have created them themselves. It's kind of yeah. similar to the idea of retelling a story so much throughout your life. 
mm-hmm. and maybe the, some things change subtly here and there. And before you know it, your story is totally different, even though you mm-hmm. believe it 100%. Yeah. You don't realize that you've kind of changed parts here and there. That's, again, Mike, why I've always been impressed with your retelling of your original ghost encounter mm. as a child because it just simply has never changed. And that, yeah, that I, was 50 it's plus years I'm ago. watching it as I explain it. I'm watching it again as right. it happened. Yeah, it's amazing. Replaying it, so to speak. Yes. Now, some of these are pretty interesting. This I'll start with the case. If you don't mind me kind of reading a few here, kind of flying well, through it. Absolutely. This is the case of Suleiman Andri. I apologize if I'm butchering uh, your name. But Suleiman was born in Lebanon in 1954. When he, and he uh, first recalled a child or a life as a child. Previous life at, during his childhood. My gosh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I totally butchered that. Now, as a child, Andre claimed to even know some of his future children's names from his previous life. It says here, it should be noted that Andre was born to a Druse, D-R-U-S-E family, which is Islam-derived and Islam-derived religion that obviously believes heavily in reincarnation. So just throw that out there, that this concept is heavily believed in that faith already, so it might be instilled in Andre's uh, mind here. Um, Andre remembered coming from the village of Garif, where he had, where he said he had once owned an olive oil press. At the age of five or six, Andre's family heard him muttering the names of individuals in his sleep. Andre later claimed these names were some of his children. Now, at eleven, Andre refused to lend a book because he remembered a policy in his previous life of not doing so. Now, that's a, quite a reason <laughs> to refuse to give up a book. Uh, how yeah, many kids I, think of something like that? I mean, well, they just want yeah, to hold on to the book because they want the book. Yeah. They'll say, how, what can I think of that will convince my parents to let me keep this? Oh, yes. This is against our belief system in my previous life. I therefore <laughs> shall not return this book. Okay. Then I'd be saying, that's okay. Some medication is needed here. <laughs> there you go. But anyway. Or just a really long nap. Yeah. Something. Yeah. That's just really in- interesting. Uh, Andre later remembered the name Abdallah from his previous life. Now, over time, Andre chose to not talk about his memories because it led to severe teasing. In 1967, Andre visited Garif. Residents of Garif, I'm sorry if I'm butchering the pronunciation of this locale. The residents of Garif then confirmed that a man named Abdallah Abdu Hamdan owned, guess what, an oil press and had lived there. Andre also recognized various landmarks while there when he really should not have any reason to do that. So that's an intriguing little story right there. It is. I mean, you wouldn't think that a young boy would be doing research into who owned olive presses back in the day. Uh, But again, maybe it's so common that it was uh, the chances that they would find one were a little higher than you would expect, but... That's just one tiny little example. Mike's grinning at me for some reason. I thought everybody owned an oil press. <laughs> <laughs> so it didn't yeah. mean much to me. Oh, okay. Well, fine. Scratch that story. <laughs> very intriguing, though. Very, very good. Now, this is the story of Tai, T-A-E. It goes as such. Professor Okado Mo- uh, Masayuki is a Japanese linguistics professor 
who publishes and researches childhood reincarnation cases. One of the most compelling um, Masayuki cases involves an interview he conducted in 2015. During this interview, it was re uh, revealed that the previous life was that of a woman with three children, including a beloved daughter. Now, tragically, the woman passed away in 1993. The next year, the daughter got married, relocated, and had Tai in 1996. Tai reminded Atsuko of her mother. When Atsuko handed a picture of Midori to two-year-old Tai, claiming, this is your grandmother, the child responded, me. Similar to the Andre case, Atsuko's family practices and religion that believes in reincarnation. So again, we should you know, make everyone aware of that. They're, they may be apt to this belief. When Tai was three, Atsuko suffered a spell of depression over her mother. One day when walking with Tai, Atsuko heard Tai say, I have to cheer her up. Atsuko reported feeling like her mother had returned. Later, when Masayuki re-interviewed Tai when she was in her late teens, she could not remember Midori or her previous life. Now, that's the part that's intriguing to me. Very clear recollections when young, two, three, four, five, and then re-interviewed in her early teens, she has no memory. Mm. We've had no memory of this incident, I should say. Right. Now, I think we've had discussions, Mike, about the idea of young kids being more apt, there's that term again, for paranormal experiences because they are so um, pure, perhaps. You know, right. They haven't, good been, word, yeah. they haven't been tarnished. They haven't, they haven't been conditioned otherwise. Very good. They haven't been conditioned to uh, block out such memories, perhaps. Mm -hmm. um, maybe she's been kind of indoctrinated since her early years, and by the time she's in her teens, she's been told so much that this doesn't, this isn't real. So therefore, she doesn't even remember it anymore. Yeah, maybe. Very possible. Um, this next case involves the reincarnation of Mike's right arm. <laughs> Um, it's going to be, uh, well, it says here that is actually your right arm was going to be, but they changed it at the last minute. It was going to be reincarnated as a 35 foot anaconda, ah. but now it's just yeah. coming back as an earthworm. <laughs> well, an earthworm is, uh, definitely more productive than my arm. <laughs> so <laughs> now can I use your arm as bait? If I go fishing, can I like, yeah. <laughs> You know, because yeah, sometimes, yeah. man, all those fancy, sh fancy, schmancy uh, baits and lures that you use, sometimes it's just easier to simple worm in a hook and you got, you, you got yourself yeah. a fish. You take a nice strip of flesh off of it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was thinking the whole arm. We're going through yeah, some, uh, well, we're going some from Muscalunge up here. Got those Muscalungies out there. <laughs> <laughs> muskies. To get, muskies to get, everyone else. Yeah. You get those uh, Minnesota Muscalungs, boy, I tell you, they, they put up a big fight. They go after the big arm, too, I'll tell you that much. Now, um, why are you speaking in this accent? I guess I don't know. Well, it's Minnesota musky. Oh, sh oh, there you go. Yeah. The muscalung, you know. The good old muscalunge. Ah, yes. <laughs> uh, this is the case of one Dorothy Eady. Born in 1904 in London's Blackheath section, Dorothy Eady experienced a serious fall at the age of three. While looking at photographs at the British, Mu British Museum with her family, Eady saw a photograph of Seti One an Egyptian pharaoh. Edie claimed the place de depicted in the picture was, in fact, her home. This is when she was three. 
She then walked around the museum kissing the feet of Egyptian statues. At the age of 15, Edie had a dream where she met the mummy of Pharaoh Seti. Is that one or I? Maybe it's I. I apologize if it's an I. Edie claimed that the Pharaoh made her remember her previous life. Edie's odd behavior, including sleepwalking, resulted in her being placed in a sanitarium several times. Of course it did. Yeah. They might be experiencing profound evidence of reincarnation. Throw her in a sanitarium. Yeah. Have it stripped from her mind. Uh, Edie, Edie actually later went on to adopt the name of Om Seti and became a well-known Egyptologist. Huh. This is the case of YTK. In the late 1960s, a man, MMS, resided with his wife at an Air Force base. At an Air Force base. In 1968, MMS was involved in a parachute training exercise when he was dropped from a plane. Unfortunately, he landed too close to the airfield's edge and fell into a 15-foot deep pond, leading to his death. Several years after MMS's death, his widow married one of MMS's comrades. The woman later gave birth to a baby boy, the aforementioned YTK. The baby had both birth defects and birthmarks that appeared as rope-like marks around his leg. <laughs> now remember what this guy died from. Mm-hmm. At three, YTK began to talk about falling from the sky, becoming caught up in a rope, and eventually dying. By the age of five, YTK had stopped talking about his memories completely. During his childhood, YTK lived on the base where parachuting occurred and slept on a cot suspended from the ceiling with parachute ropes. His mother reported that YTK knew nothing about his father's death. Now, do you believe his mother? Do you believe YTK in this case, Mike? Mm. Those birth, if this is legit, those birth defects that look like rope marks around his mm-hmm. legs sounds yeah. like a, a an unfortunate, tragic parachute incident to me. That's yeah. Sure. Well, I I've heard of other stories where, like, you know, to paraphrase. Uh, uh, like a baby being born or, and then when they're, uh, they have like a, uh, birthmark, like a, that looks like a bullet hole or something. And they, when they're able to talk, they say that they got killed in the civil war or something and, you know, and shot and that's where their birthmark is and, you know, things like that. You know, there's cases like that, uh, are like that. Oh no, absolutely. And it definitely makes you wonder. I love all of these cases. I'm looking for the other article I had here because some of these stories are just bizarre. This is actually something that was posted on the Wall Street. Hmm. On the Wall Street. This is titled Nine Reincarnation Stories That Will Give You Goosebumps. This looks like it was back in 2019. October 31st. They had to have some special story. Well, these are all brief examples here, but again, just kind of listen to them with an open mind. Right. This one is about a murdered boy who was reincarnated. Now it says here that an anonymous reader of the Epic Times shared a story in which her three-year-old son told her that he liked his, quote, new daddy, even though the reader's husband was, in fact, his biological father. 
Confused, the mother asked him why he said that, and he replied, my old daddy was really mean. He stabbed me in the back, and I died. <laughs> but I really like my new daddy. He'd never do that to me. That's crazy. Ooh. That's, ew. That's you, I mean, even if it's not like a possible reincarnation story or evidence, yes. it's still what, crazy. I mean, why? Are, what thoughts are going through that kid's head? Yeah. Yeah. This this example here, this following example, is something that you hear quite often when it comes to reincarnation tales. This is uh, labeled as, boy is his own grandpa. Yeah. Now, 18-month-old, 18 months, 18-month-old Gus Taylor's grandfather, Augie, had died a year before Gus was born. However, according to this story, the year-and-a-half-old Gus claimed that he was, in fact, his own grandfather. When he was four, he was able to identify Augie in family photographs, even though he had never seen the man in real life. I mean, that's always intriguing. Now, again, is this a parental influence? Had he actually been shown pictures at an even younger age? And maybe they were saying, this, is, this was Augie, and maybe he's retained that memory. I mean, we don't know. Mm. Like it says here, you know, that example might not sound like much, but it gets actually weirder. Because years before, Augie's sister was murdered, and her body was dumped in San Francisco Bay. No one in the family had ever spoken of this to Gus, and consequently, everyone was shocked when Gus started talking about, guess what, his dead sister. Mm. Trauma, perhaps, um, but intriguing. I don't know. What do you it's, think of stuff yeah. like that, Mike? Oh, man. I'm kind of pausing because I'm just trying to let it sink in a little yeah, bit. Yeah, you just, that's all, well, that's all you can do. You just got to, all you can do is ponder it. I mean, kind of sort through it and it's like, well, yeah, maybe. Maybe? I mean, why not? I love the idea of it. I love yeah. the idea. And again, it kind of like, maybe some, all of our eccentricities and all the stuff, our, our phobias, maybe it's, maybe that's because of past life experiences, you know? Yeah. Uh, this next one is World War One veteran shot in the throat. Man, these are all just awful. After developing a phobia of gray rainy nights, four-year-old Edward Austrian started complaining about a severe pain in his throat. Whenever it hurt, Edward reported said that, reportedly said that his shot was hurting. Mm. His quote-unquote shot. When questioned about this further... Edward told his mother that he had been in the trenches and what she assumed to be World War I. He told detailed stories about his life and about being shot in the throat and killed. Doctors couldn't find a reason for Edward's throat pain, so they took his tonsils out. <laughs> <laughs> now, eventually, though, he developed a cyst after his tonsils were removed, and no one could figure out how to treat this cyst. After he was encouraged to share more stories about his past life, well, guess what? The cyst disappeared, and the doctors never determined the reason why. I thought they were going to do surgery and pull out a bullet. Oh, that would be... Whoa! <laughs> whoa! That's, not, that's like the actual bullet, you know, traveling yeah. with the, you know, between these lives. Yeah, That'd be physically coming, coming through. I don't know why this popped in my brain, but it's another fascinating topic. The idea of, like, phantom pains... You know, of sure, yeah, you know, maybe uh, there's several different examples of this, like biological twins, you know, like a, a 
Yeah. Your twin brother could be miles away and they could break their arm and then the other brother reports feeling his arm hurting. Mm-hmm. That is so fascinating to me. Or people who have missing limbs, but they still feel like they have, they can feel right. their limbs hurting. Now that one, that to me is definitely like a, not definitely, but possibly a psychological thing. And you Psychological are, and neuro, neurological. Exactly. Maybe. Exactly. You know. But the idea, I mean, for like twins to experience, you know, those similar pains or. Yeah. You well, know, it, it just goes to show that uh, the connection and, you know, as human beings, we have that connection, but it's on such a, a small molecular, yeah, you know, level, mm-hmm. you know, cellular level, you know. No, nope, that's a good but, point. Uh, but we all have that connection. This one is really intriguing because it is labeled a serial killer in a past life, question mark. Now, this is a quote here. This is from the person who claimed that he believes to have been a serial killer in his prior life. It goes on as, as such. Since as long as I can remember, I've had vivid dreams about being a serial killer from the 1940s or 1950s. I lived in an old farmhouse in the middle of the woods, secluded from everyone. I buried my victims, all women, with medium-length jet black hair and all very pretty. I buried them all on my property. There are at least 50, if not more. I've been dreaming about this guy since I can remember, and the details never change. I don't have a name or location, but it bothers me enough that I tried searching, and I don't think I was ever caught. Sometimes I have moments where I genuinely miss my old life. In this life, this current life, I wouldn't hurt a fly and have dedicated myself to helping people. Sometimes, however, certain situations trigger feelings that are not really me, and I'm not sure where they come from. It's always the same type of girl, always the same thoughts of how to disable her in order to get her back to my place. Wow. Mm. That would be a horrible thing to live how with. How horrible. Man, how do you not like think that you are losing your mind? Yeah, yeah. Well, I can't imagine. And that opens up a whole other can of worms for serial killer discussions, you know, in our future true crime <laughs> one, you know, true crime. Well, uh, which return. we are working on, uh, on getting out soon. Absolutely. We were going to do it uh, today, actually. But uh, guess who changed his mind? Yes, me. Because I want to do a proper. I want to do a proper. And I wonder how many people, as soon as you said that, automatically thought, you? me. Uh, no, 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 no. <laughs> I'm sorry. You didn't want to <laughs> suggest that. Huh? Well, no, I just, you know, just. And curious. Are you? Am I? Am I doing okay? Am I annoying you with these stories, or is this? Okay? No, they're fantastic. Now, this is of a Civil War veteran reborn, and again, this is another quote. I knew a guy who thought all things paranormal were nonsense and laughed at the mere thought that there could be truth to anything outside what he was accepted. He told me a story of his, though, that really surprised me. This is coming from a skeptic, apparently. Well, gosh, a cynic even. Pseudo-skeptic. I'm sticking with the pseudo-skeptic term, Dave Schrader. I know you're listening. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He was in his late 50s, and his entire life, for as long as he could remember, he had a dream. There's another one, a dream, that he was standing in a field. It was always the exact same layout, rolling hills. He could see the tree line from his vantage point. 
The only real landmarks were a lone tree and a wooden fence. Every time during the dream, he felt as if he was a young boy and could, quote, feel there was a large group of me with a men with him seemingly behind him. He never told a soul, not his wife nor his kids. One day, however, he took his family to Gettysburg while on vacation. And guess what? That exact vantage point was the Union high water line during the battle. It disturbed him, but he still refused to consider it as being paranormal. Mm. So that's interesting. I like, I like that they shared this, but they have to throw in the little twist right. at the end. He's like, he doesn't believe this, but he, had, he was moved. He was disturbed that he kept having this vision in his mind. And then, whoa, you go to Gettysburg, that's exactly what I saw. Yeah. So was this... Okay, did he see these things in a dream, did it, did it say? Yeah, absolutely. He kept having yeah. this recurring vision of being a young boy in this field. And everything that he saw in his dream repeatedly was confirmed when he went to visit Gettysburg. Yeah. I, well, I told that story that, that I had. I, you know, I'm not, you know, turning this on to, oh, listen to my story. Oh, God, but, but, but you were full <laughs> but, of great but, uh, stories. You're full of great but, stories. Um, I'm sure I told this before on there a while ago that, um, the dream that I had that actually, and it was like that only it was at a concentration camp. Okay. Refresh my memory on that one. That's not ringing a bell. Really? Okay. Well, I had this. Damn. How am I not remembering extreme, that dream? Extremely real dream. You know, how like you have these, uh, just like, it's so real. And it's like, I was at, I was a lucid dream. It was, yeah, very, it was very lucid. I, it's not like I was, um, you know, uh, knew that I was dreaming because I, I, I've wanted to do that all my entire life and I haven't been able to. I know, that'd be great. To know that you're dreaming and you, you, you know, do what you want to do in your dream. But anyway, this, <laughs> it was so real. It's one of those very realistic, very clear, very memorable, like I remember the whole thing, um, that I was there at a concentration camp, but it was, it was uh, just me walking along and seeing different parts of uh, like these buildings and from the outside in this uh, uh, courtyard, there's like courtyards between these different buildings. Uh, they're all the same buildings. Like I, I don't even, I don't know if they were some kind of a barracks or what, but, but they look like nice brick buildings. Okay. So, but in between the buildings in this one courtyard, there was a, like a, a wooden wall at the end of it where the, people were executed oh my god so you know and i knew i was at at a concentration camp i knew that but i walked from those buildings through this fence and towards this open area where it was like a train depot but the tracks were there um there was no train or anything and it was all very specifically just a clear, big, clear area, like holding a lot of people. So I thought about this after I had this dream and I looked up, I can't remember if it was Auschwitz or whatever, but it's like the buildings were there. The courtyards were there. No way. The, the, uh, uh, the firing squad section was there. The, the area where the train would come in with the, the prisoners was like what was in my dream and whoa and you I, 
you hadn't been, you hadn't been doing any that. you hadn't been doing any prior studies on uh, concentration no, no this was just or, like no nope you weren't out per, of the blue you weren't perusing through a world war ii book and no nope. happened upon these images no nope. wow I, it's something i don't think about i man I, you know, I can't believe if you've shared that before which i believe you have i'm sure you had i can't believe i don't remember it that is that's pretty amazing yeah it was very amazing. And I don't mean to keep throwing around words like, you know, amazing and stellar and stuff. I, I mean that when I say that, okay? I'm not just uh, sugarcoating stuff. That's pretty well, dumb. That's impressive. Don't don't use stellar. That's just too well, you know why I, fancy. You know why stellar popped my brain? Because that's <laughs> how I quote tweeted Zach Bagans the other day, going back full circle to Zach Bagans. Because he, okay. he was promoting the new episode. And I retweeted him and said, yeah, so far the Ghost Adventures new season has been stellar. And then I've kind of regretted it ever ever since I did that. Because, like, do I truly think it's stellar? No. Yeah, that's, that's, that's saying a lot. <laughs> that's saying a lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's been really entertaining, and I've enjoyed it, but uh, we'll, we won't go back there. <laughs> and again, open invite to Zach, Aaron, Billy, Jay, everybody. Yeah, even though I've become disenchanted with him. And I did that before the whole Zach controversy. It was like, like a couple of weeks. No, I had I mentioned that. It's like, I know. And I'm kind of getting disenchanted with it. And then all of a sudden, this big Zach thing. I know. And, I know. It's you know, kind, of, kind of funny that that happened. Paranormal show uh, kind of happened, battle. happened concurrently. Yeah. I know. And I still see, see stuff like that, too. Uh, someone on my timeline tweeted like, ooh, say something nice about Project Fear. And someone gets offended. And they, they screenshotted uh, Zach Bagans blocking them yeah. <laughs> on Twitter. And they say it's because they said something nice about like Dakota Laden and you know the Project Fear group. I don't know. If it well, was. I tell you, when we had Project Fear on the show and talking to them, that was oh, fabulous. Awesome, I absolutely loved awesome. It. So if Zach Bagans, you're listening, don't block us. We yeah, just, we just love having great guests. So, and the the success that they've had since they you know, lost their show. Maybe you know, maybe we should maybe we should claim that we are possessed. <laughs> maybe we should say that we're demonic in some form and then Zach will come on and he'll like, there you on. go. <laughs> we have a demonically possessed podcast. Yeah, there you go. Maybe, maybe he'll want to, you know, bless us <laughs> somehow or throw some holy water on us. I don't know what's going on. It's like in the middle of talking, all of a sudden, Patrick, he starts beating on the wall and screaming. <laughs> I can't handle it. We need your help. Hey, we love ghost adventures. We love Zach. We love everybody. He, he's <laughs> he, God bless him. He's earned every dime of his multi-million dollar fortune. Oh, he, yeah. He worked very hard. I'm sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Say what you will about him. He's a success. Yes. Now this one, Mike is pretty intriguing. All these are intriguing. Yep. I'm, uh, we'll be uh, wrapping up here shortly. This one is titled a three-year-old leads police. To the man who killed him in his past life. Mm. It's not, it's totally different in nature, but kind of similar to like the case that we covered of the Greenbrier ghost that like yeah. um, the woman had a vision of a ghost speaking to her, telling her who actually murdered, you know, who mm -hmm. was the murderer. This was back in the 1800s. Yep. And she, she shared that during her testimony and that actually changed the verdict because it, it turned did. out to be true. Yeah. <laughs> Love stuff like that. A three-year-old boy in Golan Heights caused quite a stir when he claimed he was murdered in a past life. The boy, a member of the Druze ethnic group, which believes in reincarnation again, had a long red birthmark on his head 
According to some Druze beliefs, beliefs, birthmarks indicate where death wounds occurred during a past life. Hmm. When the boy learned how to talk, he started telling elders that he had been killed by an axe blow in a prior life. The boy was led through several villages to see if any of them were familiar to him. Once he found a familiar village, he claimed that he knew exactly who had killed him. Now, this is a quote here. It says, suddenly the boy walked up to a man and said, aren't you? Eli forgot the name, question mark. The man answered, yes. Then the boy said, I used to be your neighbor. We had a fight and you killed me with an axe. Eli told me how the man had suddenly gone white as a sheet. The three-year-old boy then said, I even know where he buried my body. Now, this is from Trutz Hardo book, Children Who Have Lived Before Reincarnation Today. Afterward, the boy led his elders to a pile of stones under which they found, guess what? A body with an axe wound in its head. Right where that birthmark is. Right where the birthmark is. He also led them to the spot where the axe was buried, forcing his killer to confess the crime. Whoa. And they measured the axe against the birthmark, and it matched. It matched perfectly. <laughs> no question about it. I know. And after the, after the, the trial was done and the, the murder was justly dealt with, the birthmark faded and went away. Went away. Absolutely. <laughs> Yeah, oh, that's ad lib there. I, I oh. don't know if that's part of the story. Oh, I thought that was part of the story. I thought that was you were en ending the show with what you didn't know. <laughs> God dang it, I could have used that. There you go. <laughs> Shoot. And what you didn't know. Uh, but you still have time to think of something. You still have time, time to think oh, of something. Geez. I have one more, one more to share here before you wrap it up. And again, there's so many out there. I hope these have been intriguing examples. Some of them just blow your mind. This one is referred to as the Barra Boy, or Barra Boy. Also known as the boy who lived before, Cameron McCulley of Glasgow, Scotland, started telling his mother again at the age of two, there's that age again, that he wasn't from Glasgow at all, but rather from a small island called Barra off the west coast of Scotland in the outer, how do you pronounce this? Hebrides? Hebrides? I don't know. <laughs> Cameron described intimate details of his life there. Again, this is when he was two, including his black and white dog, the beach he used to walk on, his mother, the house they lived in, and his seven siblings. He even named his former parents, claiming that his father's name was Shane Robertson and that his father had died in a car crash. Now, determined to get to the bottom of this, Cameron's parents took him to Barra. Although no one there remembered anyone by the name of Shane, the McCulleys found the house Cameron had described, a house owned by the Robertsons. The black and white dog was in one of the family photos, and the Cameron, and the car that Cameron remembered was, guess what, there too. <laughs> Again, are these somehow images and stories that have been planted into the kid? Are the parents retelling to uh, tales we don't know, and we're not blaming parents for all this stuff. I mean, this could all be very legit, but you have to question all of it. Of course you do. I like the idea. I love it. I'm intrigued by it. I think it's very um, apropos, so to speak, that this may be, in fact, a learning experience. All of these lives on this earth as learning experiences, Mike, and I think you agree with that. Um, I don't think these are by chance. Oh, does she? 
Yeah, so does the doggy. <laughs> Gosh, I, I'm not really sure how to wrap this up nice and neat with a with a powerful phrase other than, damn, reincarnation is cool. The idea, the well, concept of it. It's actually just the misfiring of neurons that is uh, okay. actually being... Now and this is a this is actually uh, but what you didn't know. Okay, lay it on us. Lay it on us. It's been a, a waste it is of a time. Misfiring of of the neurons in the brain that can only happen if you are bitten by a the just the right breed and species of mosquito in the right spot on your body that must be laden with malaria. Then that is how that happens. But, you know, so it doesn't happen very often. Now, but when I, it does, I truly did not know that. Those things do need to line up. Now, are, I, are there. I, I did not know that. Are there any areas on the earth where mosquitoes do not exist? First and, off, uh, I want to go there. I want to go there. Antarctica, uh, the, the cold spots, the, so, the frozen tundra. Are you saying that no one in Antarctica has ever had a, an experience of reincarnation or, or any sort of uh, example of going through a prior life? No. Uh, what you didn't know is that it's regional, <laughs> how things, how these things happen. So oh, Okay. Oh, you know. okay. Okay. So it's kind of geographical too? Does it kind of? Yes. It, it, it has to evolve into what can survive and actually happen in that climate and condition. Does it depend on sea level? Ah, no, no, no. Does not. No. Okay, okay. No. All right, so it's regional, but not. it does not depend on sea level. It has to be a malaria-ridden mosquito. Unless you're in, uh, in the uh, North Pole, the Antarctic, something like that, then it has to, it depends on the, uh, okay. the, the type of aurora borealis that is going on during that month. And, yeah, wow. So. So maybe that that's an explanation for the rarity of these occurrences. Okay, well that's that's interesting. That physically, that mentally, or or, uh, or personality wise, it's I'm done. <laughs> and that everybody is how we're going to wrap up this episode. Um, <laughs> Mike's done. Make, put that as the title. <laughs> <laughs> Mike's done. Flip him over. He's done on that side. Yeah. Uh, I gotcha. I gotcha. <laughs> But hey, this has been great, Mike. Um, I hopefully, yeah, yeah, great conversation. Hopefully, you've had a good time. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in again. Go check out our YouTube channel. Go listen to our um, listen and watch to our watch to our go watch and listen to our YouTube exclusive episode featuring all of our personal EVP captures. Tell us what you think. Again, some some of them are simply unexplainable. You cannot debunk them, and that is why, quite honestly, we are doing this podcast right now because it depends on what kind of a uh, uh what level of skeptic you are uh, as far as the debunking goes oh 100 i and yeah. i get it i get it <laughs> you know I, I i totally understand people who may not believe or may want you know, may be intrigued enough to give it a listen and then say well that's nothing because there could be another person in that room but we're telling and you right now there was totally, no one yeah and we totally understand you know anybody thinking that because that can be done absolutely again and there's no way we can prove that there wasn't anybody exactly. else exactly yeah which you know to us it, even it being a personal experience that we have on tape it's still our it, holy grail it's our holy grail and even even this unexplainable <laughs> undebunkable that's not a word but i'm going to use it piece of audio is so meaningful to us, it will never, ever convince 
a cynic. It just won't. Because, like, like I said, which is unfortunate, but it's the It's, it's unfortunate, the but we respect that. We respect it because it's not evidence. It's simply evidence. Mm. Ev- it, it is evidence to us, but to someone who is already maybe prone to not believe, they'll just say, eh, you guys did something. Also, the respect that we have for other people's beliefs or... Absolutely. Or, Absolutely. But we had a good time. Opinions. We had a good time, and we're going to be doing more Absolutely. and more... More and more exclusive YouTube episodes so you can stare at our lovely faces if you guys do not mind. Again, go subscribe, check it out, help spread the word. We'll be adding a lot more YouTube exclusive content. Yeah, they'll get better too. They will get better. They will get better. <laughs> All right, Mike, this has been a blast. Thank you. No, no, it was great. Thank you so much, Mike, for uh, making this uh, work today. I appreciate it. I'll get this episode edited and published. Ha, 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 edited's a joke. I'll get this episode published <laughs> soon. I'll send you the link, and we'll start our shameless self-promotion for yep, the week ahead. Spread it all over. Thanks, buddy. Uh, until next time, what do our awesome, awesome friends of the podcast need to do? Peace 